Hello and welcome to the CBO Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Donna Sheely, and excited for another episode today. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Julie Gard. Julie is the Vice President for Administration and Finance and Chief Financial Officer at the University of St. Francis in Illinois. Hey, Julie, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, first, I want to congratulate you for being named one of the six finalists in the large not-for-profit company category of the 2022 annual Chicago CFO of the Year Awards program, which was hosted by the Chicago Chapter of Financial Executives International, which was just held in early November. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, that is huge. So can you talk to me a little bit about how that was and being a finalist? Oh, absolutely. Um, I had the pleasure and privilege of being nominated um, actually by our, our banking institution, Wintrust, uh, which was just a, a huge honor. First to be to have the application put in, but then I went through a series of interviews with the FEI CFO of the, CFO of the Year Committee and um, yeah, to find out I was named one of the six finalists was was incredible. So it was a wonderful event on November 1st. Um, there were several different categories, five or six folks in each of the categories. And um, yeah, just, just a, a thrill to be part of it. So thank you. That's awesome. Well, congratulations again. Well, let's talk about your journey on becoming a CBO. Um, go ahead, go back and tell us how you started and where you started. I've been out of college now for 30 years. My first job after receiving my bachelor's in accounting um, and then getting my CPA right away, I went to work in one of the big four, um, Deloitte specifically, as an auditor. And um, and then after there, I was at a regional CPA firm. But the first part of my career was certainly as a financial statement auditor. I did do several audits of colleges and universities, both A133 financial aid audits, as well as the financial statement audits. Um, but I had also many other industries as well that I that I audited. Uh, my career after I left public accounting was um, in many different industries: insurance, um, consulting, um, professional additional professional services, a uh, social services agency. So there was a not for profit in there, but it was all um, controllership um, in some CFO roles as well, but very heavily focused. Hardcore accounting, if you will, and financial reporting, but in various industries. Um, it was a job um, description, basically, that I found on Indeed.com about seven years ago for the University of St. Francis that really piqued my interest. Um, I come from the school of thought that debits equal credits, whatever industry you're in. So those accounting skills are always transferable. Um, the most recent position I had prior to here, I also had human resources in my suite of responsibilities. So I could already speak that, which was definitely a help. But I was so drawn to the mission of the you know, not-for-profit higher education world, specifically St. Francis, that I read the job posting and said, that's, that is going to be my next step. And I was, I was fortunate that that came to be a reality. Yeah, I did read that. You're very proud. You speak of that often on how you align with the mission of St. Francis. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that mission is and why you're so passionate about that? I went to a private nonprofit university. It was not Franciscan, which is what St. Francis is, but 
mission driven, if you will, university. I went to um, University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, and had a wonderful experience there. So private, nonprofit, uh, mission focused higher education has a soft spot in my heart. St. Francis in particular, um, our, our core values here are respect, service, compassion, and integrity. And that transcends any faith genre or any that that's, I think those are excellent core values for life. And when we hire here at the University of St. Francis, we actually ask applicants to write how they would help support this mission and these core values at St. Francis. Um, and I see it in our students, the way they approach not only their studies, but their off-campus responsibilities. It's that mission focus um, and that helping these young women and men that, that come to study here at St. Francis uh, really be prepared to live a life of service and leadership when they move on. So talk to us a little bit about your mentors that you have had along the way that you felt really helped steer and mold you um, in your career? I've been very fortunate to work for um, so many talented um, people that not only were technically excellent, but personally excellent in trying to balance as effectively as we all can the competing responsibilities of work and, and home. And I'm the first to admit now that all three of my kids are in college that it's never a perfect balance. But to me, I've, I've had phenomenal mentors along the way to, to help me remember, always keep a good sense of humor and don't ever take yourself too seriously. If you lose those two things, I think it's a pretty rocky road. But to always really focus priority on the, the mission critical things and be realistic in what you can do and what you're, um, you know, expected to do. Um, keep the communication lines constantly open to help manage um, expectations, both internally and externally. Um, and remember that I think that work-life balance is somewhat of a misnomer. It's never in balance, but to do the best you can um, and to be present where you're at. Um, I think that's an, an important things that I've learned along the way that have been very helpful for me. Yeah, that's, those are excellent things, actually. So you talked a little bit about your suite of responsibilities, and I know you mentioned uh, human resources. What else is under your suite of responsibilities at St. Francis? Sure. Here at St. Francis, it's not only the human resources, accounting, you know, financial reporting, payroll, maybe the traditional things that you would expect in a CBO role. Um, I also have safety and security and our um, the facilities, if you will, housekeeping, maintenance, um, those type of things, which has been uh, wonderful. And I'm a member of the university's crisis management team. So you can imagine it's been an interesting time, both pre and post COVID, but very fortunate. I have a risk management background as well. And so I serve as the, the university's uh, risk manager, uh, which has been a very helpful um, toolkit, if you will, to be able to draw from during these, these difficult times through the pandemic. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's talk about one of the biggest challenges you've had. Um, as a CBO uh, and how you handled it. Um, I'm not going to assume that it was COVID, but it might be. But talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that you may have encountered. It, certainly COVID was one, but even just, you know, thinking there might be folks listening to this that are interested to get into higher education, um, you know, from a, another industry. 
I think that the skills are so transferable, but maybe what was eye-opening for me uh, in coming into higher education, not as an auditor, like I was many years ago, but internally, I think there's a, 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 a thought potentially that maybe if you uh, didn't come up through or grow up through the higher education employment system, that you know maybe your skills aren't necessarily as transferable. And I, I, that's not a valid assumption, I don't think. So to, to be maybe prepared for that and um, not to be defensive, but just to prove that you know, debits do equal credits no matter what industry you're in. And there's a lot of best practices I think we can bring to the nonprofit higher education uh, realm, not to change just for the sake of changing, uh, but, but really are some good practices that we can put in place. And, and we've even done some of those here at St. Francis uh, with respect to budgeting on a monthly basis, not just one annual number, um, closing the books monthly and doing analysis that way, um, zero-based budgeting, you know, just to name a few. And um, the other unique thing about higher education that nobody teaches you in school um, is this wonderful concept of shared governance that's very unique to higher education. I would recommend anybody um, interested in, in coming to work in this profession or this industry to um, listen uh, when you come in and really be a, a, a student of the shared governance um, concept, um, because I think it's very valuable. It's very unique to higher education, but very important. And, and it's been here for years and should continue for years to come. And especially as outsiders or at a vice president or you know senior leadership role, we need to be well-versed in, in that and, um, and respected as well. Yeah, I hear that a lot from um, CBOs about shared governance and how that can be different. If, if you're coming from uh, the accounting field and you're used to just being in your silo, making those decision, decisions and not talking <laughs> to the others and, and making those decisions. So I know that's a big deal. And I think it's very important that that people learn that. So talk to us about this semester, this school year post-pandemic, and what excited you most about this semester so far? Um, and as you move forward, what are you excited about? Well, the, the start of any semester, pandemic or not, is always incredibly exciting, especially when we welcome you know, the new freshmen or the new transfers to, to campus. Um, this semester felt to me and and we've been face to face um really since August of 2020 um but just felt an, a renewed joy I guess at the beginning of this semester that um we're still cognizant of you know covid is still out there and and we're still you know utilizing best practices uh, around the campus regarding it but we're not masked and and we don't have tables set 8 feet apart etc so it's it does have that much more uh, joyous, we're together um, feeling on campus, which which I do enjoy. It makes coming to work every day um, very positive. I am well aware, though, that there's many places that you know, recent or soon to be graduating high school seniors or folks interested in, in maybe coming to schools such as St. Francis. There's there's many other things that they could be doing now, working full time, taking a year off, and um, cognizant that, that those are, um, those are different decisions than certainly 30 years ago when I was looking where I was going to go to school and understanding that we as an institution need to um, make sure we are very clear 
about the value of the education that we are providing, as well as um, communicating effectively with these new incoming students that they understand when that first tuition invoice comes, that, that there's not a surprise. Um, and I think that's on us to make sure that we are clearly communicating that and, and helping them understand. So um, while that's you know certainly the excitement of every year, there's also, uh, we are mindful of our responsibility in all of this um, and to make sure we want them not only to come here, but to stay here. That leads me into my next question, because it's been about 30 years for me too, since I left school and things have changed so much. Um, what is, what do you think the future of higher ed looks like? Um, and you kind of touched on it, but let's dig in a little deeper and what you think CBOs need to be thinking of as we move forward in higher ed. To me, every single vice president, including the, the president, but every single vice president on a college campus these days needs to be focused on retention. It's all of our jobs. We like to say here at St. Francis, all of us are responsible for enrollment as well. Um, but we are all responsible for retention. And I think that's a different mindset. Even, you know, we talked about just traditional accounting, maybe outside of higher ed, where um, there's so many silos. I'm not saying higher ed does not have its silos, but it's on us to be breaking down those silos, certainly so the students don't feel that those silos exist, but more importantly, that we are all, um, I'm just as responsible for making sure that our current students remain, feel welcomed um, as anybody else in a leadership role here on campus. And I would suggest that's different than it was 30 years ago. Um, and I know when I was a student, I know I was focused on these are the classes I need to graduate. And I, I participated in some co-curricular activities, but certainly not the focus that we're trying to have with our students here and now. That sense of belonging, that well, mind, body, spirit, serving the entire student, not just that narrow path to graduation. So I think that's the differentiator right now. We at St. Francis, the first line of our mission statement is we're a welcoming community of learners. And that is so important going back to the mission focus part of this job that I like so much. I, I think it's important to, to keep that in mind because we know there's constant competitions for our students' time or get competing ideas for their time and, and honestly for their money as well. Yeah. Yes. Now, mental health is a big issue right now with our students. Is that under your umbrella as well, the mental health aspect of our students? Technically, no, it is not. It rolls up to our student affairs area. I can I can share, though, because I was part of that decision group. We just changed our model this past year to a similar to an employee assistance plan model, but for students. So 24-7 care with a call, dial a number. Um, they can have um, meetings face-to-face -face on campus or via Zoom. And we've seen um, an uptick in the use of those services, which is what we wanted, and um, really responding to the needs of our students today because, honestly, they are um, different needs um, post-pandemic that, that we've seen. And um, I, I can't recommend that model enough. So to anybody else that's considering that, I, I highly, highly recommend that. Yeah, for sure. The pressures are different for our students now. And I know that that is a big piece of, I think, with the retention, which you're talking about as well, 
to have that in place. So that is really good to do. So I believe you're working on your PhD. Is that is that my correct? Uh, well, my doctor, my it will be an EDD. But yes, you okay. are correct. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So talk to us a little about your future and what you see yourself doing in the future. Sure. Well, right now, as you can imagine, my future is defined by um, papers and where I'm at in my dissertation. So <laughs> I'm <right>. um, <laughs> knock on wood, um, if all things go well, I should be defending in April. Um, so my my life will, will change for the better. At least my free time will increase significantly after that. But I love what I do. So the getting this, this degree, while it would be absolutely um, personally rewarding and nice to have that chapter done in my life, I think it's only hopefully augmenting um, what I'm doing here at the university. Actually, my dissertation topic is the financial viability of smaller private institutions of higher education. So uh, very topical considering you know where I'm working and what I'm doing. But I, I love what I'm doing. I've been here almost seven years and, and really would like to keep on keeping on. Um, would love to continue to see the growth here at, at St. Francis. And, um, and like I said, I, I really enjoy what we're, what we're doing here. That's awesome. Well, Julie, thank you. Do you have any final thoughts? Just, um, follow your dreams, I guess. You know, I, 23 or 20 some odd years into my career. And I saw this job posting. I thought this, this is what I want to do. I don't care that I haven't worked in higher ed. This is what I want to do. So I am living proof that skills are transferable and to set a goal and to live by it. Absolutely. And I wish, I wish everybody well and, and hope they can do the same. That's awesome. And it's never too late. It's never too late. Absolutely. Correct. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us today for this episode of CBO Speaks, brought to you by the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks on Apple Podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Julie Gard from the University of St. Francis, I want to thank you for joining us on CBO Speaks. I'm Donna Sheely. Be well.